Ladies and gentlemen, hello, hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Sherm in the Booth. My name is Sherm. You guys are some true Chicagoans for coming out in January. It's snowing outside, it's freezing, and you're at the f***ing club at 1 a.m. Boys with the bass, yeah, boys, boys, bass. Who am I talking to right now? You're famous. <laughs> free food, free drinks, music. Girls, let's go. Do you like it? Cool. If you don't, goodbye. <laughs> I'm missing the most important part. Boys with the bass, yeah. We should throw like a crazy like bar mitzvah party. This, this is crazy. Send me stems. I finished it. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? How is everyone doing? Just wait, you know it kicks in like three to five seconds afterward. Yo, yo, what's good, everyone? And welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherman the Booth. I'm, of course, your host, Sherman. Today is Wednesday, June 28th, 2023, and this is episode 220. I am so excited to share this episode because this was recorded live with an audience in Chicago with my boy, Kaysen. Nick was in town for his debut headline show at Primary Nightclub, and we've been trying to make this happen for a while now, and we were so glad the timing lined up. Now, this is Kaysen's second time on Sherman the Booth, so welcome to the Two Timers Club, my guy. And we had to talk about what he's been doing over the past two years, including some of his biggest tracks, like his collab with Dylan Nathaniel called Can't Miss, which has recently been supported by Fisher, playing EDC Las Vegas. And of course, we took a deep dive into his role at Repopulate Mars, his A&R, and talked about their expansion with their second sub-label, North of Neptune, and how everything's been going for the number one selling tech house label on Beatport. Since this was in front of a live audience, we had to do a Q&A section, and it was really fun and extremely valuable. I'm super excited for you guys to hear that as well. Kaysen, thanks so much for making the time to come do this, man. I love live interviews, and you and I have just this amazing energy together. It was entertaining. It was fun. It was informative. And like I said, it was extremely valuable. So I'm glad that we got to do it, my friend. But let's get into it right now so you guys can hear it for yourselves. This is episode 220 with Kaysen. Nick Summers, a.k.a. Kaysen, we're here right now in Chicago, Illinois. It is great to be here with you, my man. The day before your debut, Chicago show at Primary. How does it feel to be in the home of house music, brother? Feels great. Really happy to be here. Really to be here for the first time to play. Yep. And yeah, it should be great. Love it. It's awesome. You know, you're actually about, Max, what is it? You think it's like half a mile from the warehouse where house music was founded, where Frankie yeah. Knuckles used to play? Really? Yep. Wow. It is now a law office. I don't know if you guys saw this, but they we had to all sign a petition for it not to be... Uh, did you know older. this or did you Google it? I Googled it a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. I could be so making that up, though. It's weird. It's like small and Somebody fact-checked this. Yeah, yeah. It's a drill. It's right over there. The warehouse for House Music. No, I believe it. it. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, no, it feels good to be, like, you know, in the city where House Music was invented and everything, for sure. Yeah. I wanted to play here for a long time, so it all worked out. Yeah. Patience is key, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You got to do it when it's right. And look Can't force it. Look where you're at now, bro. Seriously. Congratulations. You're just coming hot off EDC. Yeah. How the fuck was that? That was great, man. That was fucking, that was such a good time, dude. Yeah. The rave hanger that I played at was super sick. I went, I was telling Sherm earlier, I went last year and it was like a cool, it was a cool stage. 
And then when they booked me this year, Insomniac was like, oh, it's way more legit this year. We put a lot more money into it. I was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, we'll, we'll check it out. And I walked in, I was like, oh, yeah, they, <laughs> they, they were being for real. Yeah, it was sick, man. It was cool. And the set time I played, too, I felt was good because I wasn't competing with too many people. So yeah. I, I feel like it worked really well for me. I feel like some of the artists, that, you know, especially at those side stages or like art cars and such yeah. that you play, it's like if you play later, it's great, but you are competing with huge artists. So. Yeah. No, it went awesome. I had a really, really great time. It was fantastic. And it was also nice that I played on Friday. Kind of nice, like, got it out of the way right off the bat. Didn't yeah. have to really think about it and then just had fun for the rest of the weekend. So that was always, you know, that's great. Dude, yeah. anytime it's like a Sunday festival gig or like Dude, 1 oh. a.m. and I've been waiting on it for like 14 hours. Gremlin mode, yeah, you come out. Oh, <sighs> yeah, right when I start drink, right when I start playing, I start fucking drinking. Though. Yeah. Absolutely, of course. Yeah, I'm like, thank fucking God. My USB works. I thought it did not work. I got 16 USBs on me these days after fucking Screams comments. Yeah, did you hear that on Twitter? No, no. What's what up with Twitter these days? God, well, what happened chill, with, everybody. What happened with Scream? Uh, well, he's a nutcase, but... Well, we already knew, we knew that. But. Yeah. Basically, I don't know. He said that you need to bring your own CDJ to festivals to test out your USB separately. And everyone was like, that's literally- I'm not doing that. That's insane, we're gonna bring my own CDJ, BYO CDJ? <laughs> I mean, also we all have, all have money like Scream to just do that. I'm yeah, not, yeah. I'm not bringing no CDJ. Hell yeah, no. <laughs> and the king of Twitter, Lucati, really called him out. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. That was good. Drama in the tech house world. The tea. Let's talk politics. Just kidding. <laughs> Please not. Let's talk politics. But, dude, you just crushed EDC. We're here in Chicago for your debut show. You got Space Yacht, Kaysen, and Friends coming up. What else can we yeah. look forward to the rest of your show wise for you? Yeah, so I got Kaysen, Space Yacht, and Friends, which should be really, really. I'm really excited for that show specifically just because I've been playing at Sound since like 2017. It's your so second home, man. It's my second home, and like, it's just that venue means so much to me as an artist. So the headline there is huge. So I'm really excited. Um, then I'm playing a festival called Nowhere Festival. It's like a desert fest. Nice. In June 15th weekend, I think. Should be really cool. We just announced it today. We just announced it today and it sold out, so. Um, yeah, but it should That's be fun. I'll let you guys know how it goes. And then I'm playing Space Yacht, the 360 show at Area 15, which should be dope. And it's like the 360, they do it in the portal room, so it has visuals on all three sides. Nice. Which is super sick. Fuck yeah. And then I'm playing Day Trip Festival after that. You're on fucking fire, Both days. So yeah, this month is looking hectic, but in a good way. I'm yeah. excited. Good. Yeah. Well, congratulations to you, fun. man. As a fan of, of you and, and now uh, someone that I call a good friend, it really is just amazing to see you having success. Thank you. You deserve it all. Appreciate because it. Because these past two years for you, bro, 2022, I can't believe it's June 2023. I'm I know. Like, it went by so fast. I can't believe how fast this year is going, but really, yeah, it is insane. It went by fast. And as much as I want to go into every single song that you've been putting out, I want to just cover some of the big ones. Do it. Because it certainly is a major reason you're playing some of these big shows. So I told you before, I cannot get, can't miss out of my head with Dylan Nathaniel. Just yeah. came out on Sick or Swim. You also did Shakedown with him. Yep, yep. Two different but parallel tracks. Before we talk about the tracks, tell us about your relationship with Dylan, because I know you guys are homies. Yeah, no, Dylan's a great guy. Like, we have known each other for many years, and, like, we definitely just kind of connected for a period of time, became homies, and then we decided to make a track. We made our first track, Shakedown, uh, for Sink or Swim, which was came out last year. Hell yeah. And, yeah, he's just, like, a really, really cool, genuine guy, and, like, we just really vibe on, like, just a very friendly label or friendly level and like I always tell people it's like you can make music with somebody that you've never met before like I've done it before but yeah. you make better music if you have a connection because music is a very emotional thing so anybody relate to, to that 
Yeah, like yeah. having a connection yeah. and like you know being friends with them, it like flows better because you feel like you don't have to hold back as much. You can kind of express yourself a little bit more. So right. he's a great guy. Dylan Nathaniel is a fantastic producer. He's crushing it, and I still think he's very underrated. Yeah. So I was really really stoked to make a second record. We have actually a few other records we're making right now. Thank God. We have like two or you know, two more we're making right now. So stay tuned for those. But yeah, we can't miss. Very very stoked on that record, man. Yeah. Very awesome, happy. Bro. And uh, can't miss. I just saw Fisher used it in the recap video. Yeah, dude. What the so, fuck? That's insane, dude. It's insane. So he started <laughs> playing it. He started playing in Vegas. He yeah, playing at his, his residency at Tao in Vegas, which was awesome. Yeah. So I was stoked on that. And then I got tagged. He like used the. He did like a recap for like Vegas, like EDC or for something. And like he used can't miss, which was crazy because all of his other recaps are with his own music. Yeah. And can't miss didn't even come out on his label. So <laughs> I was like. What? Okay, Fisher. I yeah. was like, "What the hell?" And then I—it was cool. I like was messaging with one of his man, like somebody down in his management, and they're like, "Oh yeah, he's been playing it literally all over the place. We're gonna send you videos." So oh. stoked. I don't know how he discovered the track, That's but awesome. obviously, when Fish is playing your track, like you're doing something right. So absolutely stoked on that. Yeah. That's one of those. that's like he's playing your track, but to him, him to actually use it in a recap video. Yeah. That's a new type of win, like. Yeah, for sure. We were pretty surprised by that too. Like, because yeah. it was like. I would think he'd use his own tracks or maybe something that he signed yeah, on his label, but something. super stoked. It's humbling, of course. Bro. Absolutely. Very yeah. cool. Shout out Fisher. That's Thank right. you. Shout out Fisher. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Nothing needs a shout out. Yeah, shout that out. Guy, that guy that There's a new up and comer Fisher. You guys should check yeah, him out. Check him out. <laughs> check him out. That's hilarious, bro. And shout out to Sink or Swim. That's a fucking incredible label. Definitely Great label. My, my dream labels. Shout out to Sink or Swim here. Shout out Freak, the whole team. I mean, they're okay. a great label to work with. Like, they crush it. So definitely send yeah. them demos. Hell yeah. yeah. Send them demos. And we're going to get around to also a and I know a lot of you guys are here about that, but focus on... are Yeah. <laughs> focus is on Kaysen real quick. And everyone's thinking, like, why don't you sign my track? Share it to Kaysen. <laughs> That's how Max talks internally. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's got his sunglasses on right yeah. now. <laughs> oh, these two guys. I'm going to quarter these guys. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding, kidding, kidding. Now, we are in Chicago, so I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Anthony Atala's Incorrect Records. Yep, yep. New place with Eyes Everywhere. And I feel like Eyes Everywhere, you mentioned them earlier, those are like low-key, some of the most talented guys in the game. They're fantastic producers. Yeah. So, 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 so good. We made two tracks. The first one, One Night, came out on Sid's label. Second one, New Place. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to make more music, absolutely. Yeah. They're fantastic producers and that new place record is like still to this day probably my favorite track i've ever put out yeah and yeah shout out anthony atala incorrect obviously iconic label so consistent yeah. especially this year i mean they've been the track i mean they've always put out great records but incorrect have really stepped it up i think mm -hmm. and i just played their party in miami and you know it was a great time you which was fucking you pulled up too yeah that was popping. yeah i arrived there at like 9 30 being like all right we'll be out at 11. i was there till fucking 2 45. Yep. oh yeah <laughs> Yep, that shit was, was fucking tall. And that guy, he's a fucking nutcase, I'm telling you. And he's a friend, so I can say that. But he literally is running the event himself. No, absolutely. And But he he does it so well. Like, I said to Casey when he got up the stage, I go, how good is that DJ booth? He goes, fucking immaculate. Yeah, it was sick. No, absolutely. They put on a great show, man. I was yeah. super stoked on that. I actually played again that night on the terrace, on the outside area. Oh, did you? I played two sets. How late were you there? I was there until, like, three. I played two to three outside, and then I went to Afterlife. Yeah. Jesus, Miami. 
my exercise looking scary. at scary. I'm still tired. <laughs> I don't know if I've recovered. I don't know if I ever will, but no, we all share one brain cell, right? <laughs> yeah, we all do. I love it, brother. I need it tonight, though. <laughs> <laughs> tonight and tomorrow, once again, Casey at primary. Use promo code SITV to get five dollars. I guess off. you need it tonight because of your show. But no. Get, Give it back to me after the show because I need it tomorrow night. Okay. That's okay. Fine. okay. Yeah. We can you work. can use actually we'll SIT a little promo deal. code like all the time anywhere and it'll work. Check it out. Check <laughs> it out. It may not stand for Sherman the Booth though. <laughs> Love it, bro. Okay, next up, Thrive. Keep me waiting. Now the one I the reason I want to bring this up, one, of course, yeah. Thrive has just been an incredible label for artists to build their Absolutely. careers on. You look at um, some of the biggest ones, you know, of course. Crazed, do it to it. Which, by the way, who thinks it's pronounced a crazed? I think it's I think it's all crazed. It's a crazed. It's all crazed. His manager <laughs> Alex said all crazed. He said all crazed. I said all crazed too because I saw in an interview. A crazed has a, a little ring to it that I like. I kind of like a crazed more. Yeah. And that's what I was saying. But then his manager, because I play, I play direct support for. Yeah. All Craze, depending on how yeah, we want to do. Not yeah. weird, but <laughs> and he said it was all crazy, so I don't know. We'll never know. Just we'll figure it out eventually. All crazy or a crazy? If you're watching this, just let us know, let please. Us know, please. We don't want to get it wrong. Yeah, we don't want to get it wrong. We really don't. <laughs> he's like, it's a third pronunciation we haven't even brought up. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> embarrassing yourself. He's like, fuck these guys. <laughs> oh my god, bro! But keep me waiting. That's actually probably my favorite casing track out right now because it incorporates so many styles of house that I yeah. like. I mean, we've got tech house, house, disco, some Chicago influences yeah. as well. A little outside the box for you from the traditional tech house. Where'd the inspiration come from? Yeah, it's. Definitely outside of the box. I kind of wanted to do something with a little piano breakdown, kind of yeah. try to switch things up. That's kind of how the track started, to be honest. And then okay. everything built around that for sure. I just tried to do something a little different and then found the vocal that works with it, which was kind of a composition first, then vocal. That was on this case, it yeah. did. Yeah, in this case, it didn't have a vocal. And then I built, I had like, I did the piano breakdown and then I kind of built the bass line from there. And then after that, I added the vocal because I realized it needed the vocal. It sounded too empty. Yeah. So yeah, releasing on Thrive was great. Shout out to Carlos, the A&R for Thrive. He's, yeah. he's great. I actually potentially have some more tracks coming out. Let's go. We'll see. But yeah, we'll see. Great, great label. I mean, very consistent. They're putting out a bunch of great records. So yeah, definitely keep up with Thrive's stuff. Fantastic stuff. Fantastic yeah. stuff. Love it. Congrats on that release, man. Thank you. That's, that's on the USB, which is... The highest form of a compliment at DJ. There it is. There it is. Did you buy it or you ripped it? I bought it. Wave oh format on Beatport. What a king. The extra what a king. Cents. What's the fucking deal with that, by the way? You got any idea? What? Why uh, MP3 versus Wave? It has to be a different price point. Ridiculous. It shouldn't be. Who's, who's taking that money? Mr. Beatport? Yeah, Mr. Beatport. Yeah. Mr. Beatport. Don't know who that is. <laughs> Don't know who that is, but Mr. Beatport and Mrs. Beatport are taking it. No, they're divorced for sure. Oh, they're, but I mean, they're getting the residuals either way. Well, maybe they never got married, but they're together. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we need to do some investigation. We need to, we need to follow the money trail. Sit down comedy at its finest right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so last one I want to bring up. You yep. know, I can bring up so many more. Your upcoming single, AO, with local singles on South of Saturn. Yes. Since it's not out yet, it can't be my favorite, but I think it might be soon enough. Yeah, very, very stoked on that record. Local singles, I mean, they're such great friends and such talented producers, yeah. great DJs. Like, yeah. so I think they're so underrated. I love those guys. Yeah. And 
So they had that track and they had sent it, they had sent an earlier version to me and they kind of wanted me to hop on and like as a collab and kind of take it to the next level. And yeah. we did that and we're super stoked on it and we really vibed with it. So we're doing it on South of Saturn, June 16th, I think, my next single. Let's go. And two, is it Friday today? It's Friday today, huh? Friday, so two weeks, two weeks from today. So perfect it'll promo. come out, perfect promo. So check it out. Okay. Yeah, so very, very, very stoked on that record. I mean, it's it's awesome. It goes so well live. Um, Sid just played it at EDC in both of his sets, which I thought was cool. Nice. He played it, yeah, he played it Circuit Grounds, and he played it Stereo Bloom, and he called me up, and I played it with him at Stereo Bloom, which was really cool. Wow. Yeah, that was sick. Fuck, how was that? That was so sick. Because I saw him, and he was like, oh, I just played it at Circuit Grounds. I didn't go to that set. Not because I didn't want to go, but right. it just, I just went in like, you know how. Of course, EDC. of course. I was like, oh. And I blew it. He's like, oh, don't worry, I'm gonna probably play that Stereo Bloom. And he did, and he called me up, and that was a sick moment, because Stereo Bloom, and there was, you know, yeah. lots of people there. <laughs> That's fucking It was sick. dope. Yeah, but it's a great record, very, very stoked on it, and yeah, very excited to release that one. Good for you. Yeah, man. it's cool. The best is yet to come for Casey. Let's give him a quick round of applause again, guys. Thank you. <laughs> Better go to the show tomorrow, though. Can you whistle like that? Who, whist Who whistled? That's this guy's good. got some talent. I, I can't do that. I always wish I could do that. I can't, I can't do it. I can fucking whistle. I can whistle fucking I can't jackass. Do it. Yeah. I can't do it. God. The next song should be the whistle. <laughs> and it's me trying to whistle. <laughs> That'd be embarrassing. <laughs> I would not put that one on my USB. <laughs> hey, Alright should... guys, you got some new music. You should whistle on the mic tonight. You gonna get on the mic I at will. all? I, the things I've said on the mic at Soundbar, bro. Try to, get, try to whistle on the mic. I will. I All right. Challenge accepted. Yeah, you can inhale whistle. <laughs> that. That's kind of nice. An Indiana whistle? Is that what you called it? No, I said you can inhale whistle. An inhale whistle. Oh, this is an Indiana whistle. I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> and I'm from Indiana. I was like, I thought I knew it all, yeah. He's like, hold on, I'm from there. Yeah. I know what that is. Hold on a second, sir. He's quickly Googling on his tablet. Yeah. Indiana whistle, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> What's it's an Indiana whistle? It's a fucked up category on Pornhub, what it is. I'll check that out later. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm checking it out right now, actually. Yeah. You do not want to see what's on his screen you right now. You do not want to see explicit. what's on my screen right now. Explicit. Weird, weird stuff. <laughs> Sit down, comedy. So, <laughs> one of the main reasons we're here today is to talk about Repopulate Mars. I'm just going to read some numbers off really quick. Number one label in Tech House on Beatport and number seven overall. Holy fucking fuck. That's incredible. And what's so incredible about that, everybody here, I think almost every single person is a DJ has bought music from Beatport. This is not hyped it, this is not SoundCloud, this is me saying I'm fucking purchasing this track at a, at a high quality level and I'm gonna put and play and nice. I think that just speaks numbers. So give a round of applause, Repopulate Mars and Nick and, and me and everybody involved. Whole team, shout out to the whole team. So the team cool, effort. So cool, man. And uh, like you, the past two years for Repopulate has been insane. Like, yeah. Insane. I mean, just to name a few of the biggest releases, you talked about Sid and Will K, of course, with, oh, that was a fucking great record. Oh, so good. So Sid good. and Joshua, how we do, of course. Yeah. Mal P, Drugs from Amsterdam. Probably, I said biggest tech house track of 2022, but I, would I think it might have been one of the top three biggest, period. I would agree with that, for sure. Did you remember the moment you heard that demo and you were like, oh God. Yes. Oh, I remember God. it. Cause like Lee got it first directly from Mal Pete cause he had been yeah. talking to the team and then yeah. he, had, he showed me the track and he's like, yeah, this is like, you know, from this guy Maurice West, like blah, 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 he has a new project. I heard it and I was 
I was blown away. Yeah. I was like, this is one of the best Tech House songs I've ever heard. Yeah. I was shocked. I listened to it like 10 times in a row the first time I heard it. <laughs> Literally on repeat. I was like, am I hearing things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I knew it was gonna, I mean, we all knew it was gonna be big, but we didn't know that it was gonna get to the length, you know, to the heights that it did, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Master sign, bro, such a good track. And uh, really showcasing the label's range here, Hugo Weston and Kumbi Africa with Aguila. Great track. Great record. Matroda Be My Love, Wax Motif, Traga. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't even include a lot of the smaller artists that yep. you guys have signed, like To Be Honest, Ralph, King Topher, yep. tons of other people, right? So I think one of the best things about Repopulate is while you have these incredible names, right? And some of the biggest producers in the world, you also equally give opportunity to up and coming producers, and I respect that. Absolutely. I mean, so many labels, they care so much about, you know, streams, monthly listeners, TikTok followers, all that stuff. And yeah. I'm not knocking any other label. Like, you know, you run your label how you want to do it. Yeah. For us, if the music's good, the music's good, period. You yeah. know, we don't really care. I mean, Ben Hemsley's first record ever came out of Repopulate Mars. Did it really? Ben Hemsley's debut came out of Repopulate Mars. So it's like... Obviously, he's a you know musical genius, so that's like yeah. a rare example. <laughs> but I would say, no. just like in general, just like you know, we don't we're not scared to sign smaller artists that we already know is not going to stream as well or not going to do as well. But like yeah. we don't think about it in those terms. Like you know yeah. what I mean? If it's good, it's good. Yeah. We don't really care. And like you know, we want smaller artists to know that they can sign with us. It's not out of reach. Absolutely. It can't happen, absolutely. So I think our discography speaks for it too. It's not all heavy hitters. I mean, we got people who have very low monthly listeners and they've released some popular Mars, it's no problem. Yeah, and, and on the hook politics side of things, it's so rewarding finding someone and they, I like, Absolutely. can't even fucking find them on Spotify. I'm like, bro, send your Spotify. Is. I have no idea who you are, where you are, Yeah, but they're amazing, man. Yeah. There's so much talent out there. Talent's talent, you know, period. It's I not all about everything else. completely agree, yeah. bro. Uh, I believe that actually probably some of the best music producers aren't even artists officially. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I have a friend who's an incredible piano player. I have a friend who's an absolutely electric jazz saxophonist, but they're not like trying to be DJs. Right. You know right, what right. I mean? But I think to myself, like, wow, if I had your talent. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. But that's kind of like, you do with it? Yeah. that's the beautiful thing about music is I believe it might be a different timeline for everybody, but like good music always finds a way. Absolutely. You it know? does. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you can have it all, you can have it all. But that's kind of the world we're in today. And I wanted to ask you about that. 2023 the tech house scene is like the biggest it's ever fucking been. I mean, Absolutely. look at lineups these days, right? It is insane. It's dominating. It's dominating. It's dominating. And as someone who has been repopulated since the beginning, which has always been a tech house label, and as an artist as well, yeah. what have been some of the major things that you've seen shift? Maybe even thinking about uh, the COVID virus and everything like that too. Yeah, so with tech house specifically, I mean, people always talk about certain genres like future bass and stuff, like, oh, the bubbles burst, like, you know, it blew yeah. up and then it, you know, whatever. I don't worry about that kind of thing happening with tech house because there's so many subgenres of tech house. There's so many yeah. branches of tech house. You know, you got the more in your face, mainstream kind of stuff like Fisher, et cetera. Not knocking that at all, but yeah. that's, you know, whatever. Then you got the kind of the Clooney stuff. You got the more minimal stuff that's still tech house. I think Tech House has branched off into so many different veins, which I think is awesome because it really diversifies the genre yeah. and allows these different lineups. Like one Tech House lineup you'll see at like DC10 and Ibiza, and then you have another Tech House lineup somewhere in America. They're both Tech House, but they're so different. Yep. And I think that really help, is going to help the longevity of the genre a lot. So I think that that's been the biggest thing, the branching off into different subgenres of Tech House. Yeah. I think it's awesome, and I really, really, I love it. I think it's great. 
it's it's super exciting for me as someone who's always loved house music. Yeah. I remember, I think it was probably four or five years ago or something. My brother, who's like you know the average Indiana guy, was mm -hmm. like, "I'm driving to St. Louis, Mala." I'm like, "Are you oh, really? Mala. <laughs> Mala's in St. Louis? Like there's yeah. a demand for Mala, and you're driving from fucking middle of nowhere, Indiana?" He's like, "Fuck yeah, Mala's sick." I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like "Okay, this is good news." And then now when like I just played a college party at U of I. And I was like, I feel like house. And they loved house. They loved it. Yeah. They loved it. It's so it's so big in colleges and stuff. It's funny because so I went to UCSB and like I, back when I went to school yeah. 2014 to 2016 at UCSB, I was one of the only house DJs at the time playing just like the parties and stuff. Yeah. Not trying to put myself on a pedestal or anything like that. <laughs> I just think it's really cool now because yeah. I know the scene at UCSB now and so many people are playing tech house. I just think it's like, it's just like so cool how big the genre has gotten in that way. Yeah. And like how like, you know, I don't look at it in a way like, oh, it's mainstream in like a bad way. Like yeah. I like it. I think it's like, you know, everybody can eat. There's so many things that diversifies mm -hmm. so much. So it's really cool. Yeah, I, awesome. I, I agree. And uh, a lot of people have their, their techno elitist yeah. side of them, or maybe it is them. And I'm like, you need to fucking chill. No, but, absolutely. Um, they're like, I don't like that David Guetta plays tech house. And I'm like, I love that. Anybody Back can play anything. It's yeah. about being a DJ. Who cares? Yeah, like, I'm actually. John Summit plays dubstep sometimes. A lot of the time. like <laughs> A lot of the time. There's no yeah. rules to this shit. That's like the point I'm trying to make here, you know? No, absolutely. Everybody man. thinks there's... you need to be boxed in, especially with a live set. There shouldn't. And breaking out of the box expands everything and it helps everybody I really think it like kind of expands all the genres when people break out of the box like that I think it's great absolutely yeah and speaking of breaking out of the box it's repopulate Mars and South Saturn now it's North and Neptune yep yep tell me about North and Neptune what was the reason you guys launched another sublabel yeah so we wanted to start another sublabel so repopulate Mars is weekly South of Saturn is every two weeks and we wanted to start North and Neptune one to be opposite of South of Saturn so now we can release North and Neptune and South of Saturn they switch off but also we want to kind of diversify the sound between the two. So South of Saturn, we want to be a little grittier, a little clubbier. And then North of Neptune, we want to be a little funkier, a little happier. Okay. That's, you know, we don't have set rules. You're going to hear releases that break what I just said right. many times. But like, that's kind of what we want to do. And then Repopulate Mars, we want to be the best of both styles. So okay. like, just the best of the best out of the two. So yeah, we just wanted the opportunity to be able to release two releases every week. And that kind of gives us an outlet to do that and like to also kind of diversify and kind of put a little bit more of a stake into what these labels like, you know, actually sound like. For sure. Yeah. Now what's going to happen when you guys run out of planets though? How, out of planets? Yeah. How many planets are there? There's, what is it, eight or nine planets, right? Yeah. Because Pluto's not a planet anymore. Is nope. it eight? Is it nine? Eight? It's eight. Because eight it was nine. Eight. It was nine. Oh, okay. it's, it's eight. So when we run out of planets, I don't know. <laughs> It's gonna be a big problem now. No, um, when we run out of planets, we're gonna have to figure something out. Maybe that. we'll have to switch to the moons. There's a lot of moons. Doesn't That's Saturn, true. Doesn't Saturn have a lot of moons? Titan? Is Titan a moon? That's sick. Tech House from Titan. Tech House Titan. Came yeah, up with yeah, that right there. Don't worry, that's not something I'm thinking about. I just came oh, up with that. Oh man. Titan? Like, yeah, there's moons. We got moons. We got moons. We got moons. There's so plenty of planets out there. There's plenty of planets out there. I've seen yeah, We'll figure it out. Yeah, there's a lot. We can go to another solar system if we need to. <laughs> Amazing, bro. So what does the next six months look like for Repopulate South of Saturn and North of Neptune? You guys slotted all the way, like, literally through December, or um, what's, what's the schedule? Mm, gotta think about this. We're in June right now. Yeah. No, so we actually don't... So a lot of labels slot very, very far ahead. Very far. 
We actually don't do that at Repopulate Mars or any of our labels because we're a firm believer that like if we get a hit and like a big record, we want to be able to put it out while it's hot and while it's gaining steam. We don't want to have to be like, oh, this is a hit record, we'll put it out in nine months. You know what I mean? That's like weird. And we also don't want to, we also don't believe in like if an artist already has a release day being like, oh, actually, you know, we're going to put Malpe in your spot and like yeah. you can get another date. That's also, that's messed up. I don't, yeah. even if it's a small artist, I don't like doing that. Right. So we actually don't schedule out far. We're like in late August right now. Okay. Early September. Yeah. So we actually don't schedule out far for a reason. Even if we sign you, we won't always give you a date sometimes, which, you know, we'll make you wait a little bit. But yeah. like we do it, there's a reason behind it. And also at the same time, we want... Repopulate Mars is releasing at the same time as South of Saturn and North and Neptune every week. So we want to make sure that the releases that are happening the same week are different enough. Yeah. So like South of Saturn and Repopulate Mars, we want to make sure the releases are not too similar of like a tech house, you know, driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll make sure they're different because we want people to be like, you know, listening to both of them and not, we don't want them to compete against each other. I love that. So that's kind of our strategy with it. So we're not that far out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every label has its own strategy. I'm not knocking any labels. Just sure. us personally, we don't like to get like three or four months ahead. No, I completely agree. Yeah. You never that's know. just how we rock it. Yeah. Well, if you think about it from a producer's perspective, you could have a fucking dry streak for so long. And yeah. Then all of a sudden, you just find inspiration and you know it's the best track ever and it's a perfect fit for this label. Then everybody needs to make it work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because some labels are like out. Like I'll hear some labels are like a year out. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. You don't even know what the sound's gonna be like in a year. You know what I mean? You can like yeah. sign like a great record, but like in a year, that's I personally I think that's a silly. You know, you can do what you want to do with your own label, but I yeah. personally think that's a little silly. What's your unfiltered opinion on compilations from a label's perspective and also from an artist's perspective? Um, compilations I think were great. I think they've lost as much of the appeal that they had. I think yeah. the streaming kind of took away a lot of like, you know, the appeal that they had. So we yeah. don't really do, we don't really want to do compilations anymore, especially because streaming is so important nowadays. Yeah. It kind of like the people who are lower on the compilation, it kind of leaves them out for sure. Yeah. So we, we more so want to do like smaller package deals. The last time we did that was actually, I released on it Yeah. in August. Right. Was, um, I released on it, Sam Blackie and Left Wing and Cody. Right. So just three summer tracks. jams, right? Yeah, yeah summer jams, yeah, just yeah. like three tracks. So Love we want to stick to just little three or four track little. Black Book does a great job. Shout out Chris Lake, book, yeah. the Black Book team. They do a great job with that. They do a little three or four track samplers. mini compilation samplers, which I really, really think is, I think that's the way that a lot of the labels are moving right now. For sure. When yeah. Tool Room drops, like there's 60 track compilations. Just, I mean, Max, well, you guys are you, on uh, Tool Room, right? Like you guys were on one of those compilations, right? What, what are they called again? Club? house party or something yeah. like that right yeah a lot of them get just they, a lot of the records get lost you know like we've done big compilations so many times we're just we're at our labels we're not doing them anymore we yeah. want to just do little four maybe five track samplers yeah we yeah. just released an eight track compilation today that i had like really had to like windle down and i was like yeah fuck, like getting it lower but also i think the cool thing about a compilation from a label's perspective on the other side of that coin is you can tell a story like ours is called summer of love right right so it's like these are tracks that i believe like are just some summer hits make you in the right mood and right, things right, like right. That. so it's like an album comprised of the label right. style but i know from an artist's perspective you're like i don't want to release on a compilation i'm not going to get the attention right? right 
And the streaming is a really important aspect of that. Too. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's just changed so much with like streaming, especially like you know with Spotify and those things. You can only pitch like the first record really, anyways. So like, yeah, it's like difficult to do those big compilations. So I think a lot of the industry is getting away from the big compilations. I think that they had their merit, you know, when they were popular, but yeah. I think right now it's kind of dwindling down for sure. How do you, how do you guys look at Spotify? The great fucking big old beast that is Spotify. I mean, yeah, that's like one of our main sources of income, so. Yeah, see? Income. <laughs> yeah, that's so like. It's a huge factor of it. Yeah, it's like, you know, Spotify is definitely our main breadwinner right now. I mean, it was Beatport for us for a while. Yeah. Beatport's like, it's still up there. It's probably like second, you know, because especially if we're populating Mars, like so if we release so many tracks that DJs want to play, which is great. Of course. But yeah, I mean, Spotify is definitely a big breadwinner. I mean, I'm sure Spotify is big for hood politics as well. I fucking hate Spotify. Yeah. I mean, I, mean I, I understand it. We have, you know, it's a necessary evil. It, yeah, we have our qualms with it, of course, but like, you know, it's kind of it's part huge. of it. It's where yeah. I make our money. Yeah, absolutely. Who here uses Apple Music? I so I I actually use Spotify and I have both. You do. I have both just because I work in the music industry. You're so rich. I rich. Right. <laughs> I'm on two family plans, yeah, so yeah. I really can't. <laughs> not with my actual families. Hopefully, Spotify and yeah, Apple yeah, Music are listening to this, but well, it's with my friends, right yeah. <laughs> not my real family. <laughs> Um, so I have both, but I just also want Apple Music because I want to like I check all of our releases at the labels, make sure everything's you know absolutely for yeah. But I use Spotify mostly. Well, it's I think it's better out of the two from a user from a user Spotify perspective is way better from, from a user perspective from a podcaster's perspective. Spotify is way better now yeah. too. Obviously, royalties Apple Music does pay more than Spotify, but yeah, I mean as an artist, you're going to make more money from Spotify because you get more streams even at a lower royalty rate. I mean, yeah. that's just how it is. Goes. Yeah. I mean, like I said, Spotify, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, these are all different forms of social media and different forms of income, different mm -hmm. audiences. And I know who here as an artist is, is maybe a, a, not a fan of TikTok and putting themselves out there on it. It's like, I'm not, even, all room. I'm not even huge. I use it, but like, I'm not even, you know, I'm not a huge fan of it. Cause I just, I like, I don't know. Well, I mean, there's, the double-edged sword. Look at somebody like Disco Lines, right? Yeah. He released the track that is literally one minute and 36 seconds long. Is it the day? Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Everybody knows it, right? Of course. Motherfuckers on world tour, for God's sake, you know? And I'm like, God damn it! I mean, yeah. I'm not jealous, but I'm just like, I'm jealous. <laughs> you sound a yeah, little yeah, jealous. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's a little jealous. Not Look at him. <laughs> but I understand it. I respect it. Yeah. The point that I'm trying to get to on it is know your audience, know your platform. Don't sure. feel like you have to force yourself to put yourself out there. I think it's important to have a presence. Yeah. But some people do really well on YouTube. Some people do really well on Instagram, on TikTok. Yeah. So it's, yeah. I mean, as an artist, like there's so many artists I know, especially some, a lot of mid-tier artists who are kind of like, they hate social media and yeah. like, you know what I mean? It sucks a lot of the times feeling like you have to post and create content around your releases. Like it's not fun, but yeah. like, the thing is, like, unless you're a huge artist where you can just get pay somebody to do that for you, like, you gotta be willing to play the game. You know, until you get to that point where you can have somebody who can just do it for you, you gotta be willing to play the game. And that, and sometimes playing the game includes doing things that you don't want to do. And sometimes that's social media for some people. I don't mind it as much. I've also run social media for like labels and artists before, so it's a little different for me. But like, a lot of artists don't like it, and I get it. I really get it. Yeah. I do. Creating content sucks. I know a lot of times I get it, but like it's a necessary evil a lot of the times. And like yeah. you really can't build a big fan base that way. No, you can't. 
You can't. And that's a really good point, Nick. Like, you have to think about, all right, what am I good at? What do I like doing? Yeah. So I always think about, like, if I'm a music producer, how can I just put that content out there? Am I doing a, a class? Am I doing a video recording, talking right. through it? If I am a really good DJ, am I just doing these quick videos and mixing and stuff like that? Yeah. Whatever your thing is, whatever makes you you, and if you can't find that out, then you need to stop and think about what is it that makes me me as an artist. Right. You got to figure it out. Hone in on that and fucking and lean into it and lean into it as much as you can like you did a good job with obviously the whole Sherman the booth and everything like yeah that that was my my thing yeah it's great it's like very well known too so it's like yeah and I can't believe that this is episode 220 damn shout out to Sherman right now let's give a round of applause made it I also have access to three pools in my life right now in Chicago. How cool is that? Rich, baby. Damn. This guy's made of money. I also have Spotify and Apple Music as well. <laughs> so you got to Uber Black to the venue tonight or what? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not paying for that. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, bro. Okay, we got some time for Q&A, guys. Does anyone have any questions for either of us or one of us? Vilo? Oh, Vin. What's our favorite demo that's not out yet? That's signed or that's being considered? Oh, that's signed. Ooh. That's good. That's much easier. I was like, I'm you go first. We gotta yeah. think about it. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> I feel like you feel entrapped. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's this track by this Filipino guy. Philippines people make fucking bangers, by the way. You guys didn't know that. I don't know what the hell they're doing over there, but Jesus Christ. This guy named Cajun and Dobby made this track called "Get Up," and it's like. A really cool um, songs. Yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna play it tonight, so come to soundbar. Um, but it's like this really cool disco, and it goes into a very minimal groove. Um, but he sent us a video of Marco Carolla and BB playing in space, and I was like, "You gotta be fucking kidding me!" <laughs> <laughs> so that one I'm really excited about. We also our edits are so much fun. I mean, as a person who started as an open format DJ in Chicago. Now having all of these tech house and house edits of big songs. I mean, Max Low Clarity is one of my favorite ones to drop. Um, so, so fire. And uh, that's probably one of my, the things that makes me me as a DJ. You never know what the fuck I'm going to play. Like, it might be an edit. It might be the original. You have no idea. But having that as a weapon right. in my arsenal is really fun. So I like to be able to diversify with Hood Poly on, on that front. So. An unreleased one, though, for edits, um, I'm not gonna tell you. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Hard oh, spilling the beans, to be honest. Um, local single is working. It's going yeah, on in Stop fucking moving. I, I'm gonna I'm move. Kidding. I'm gonna move. <laughs> Should I stand for this, though? Yeah. A statue. Uh, local singles have some really sick demos that we might be signed to repopulate Mars. Wow. So, and they're shout really good. Boys. So. Are they both living Maybe I'll shout out my boys. Yeah, shout <laughs> out They're really boys. great. They're really great. So that's some demos that I think I'm really excited about at this moment. Yeah. For sure. A lot of Absolutely. Coming. Yeah. For right, sure. What else? Who's got questions? Please. What genres do we listen to outside of Tech House? You go first. Um, I listen to a bit of everything, to be honest, besides country. I know Jay does say that you listen to everything but country, but I mean, I listen to a lot of hip hop. Pull that, push it in a little bit more. Get it all the way in there. Oh, yeah. Is that all the way in there? Yeah, I think. (laughs) (laughs) You can sample that for yourself. Oh, that's (laughs) Um, (laughs) I I honestly, I listen to hip hop. I listen to a lot of, 
I listen to a lot of bass music, if I'm being honest. Who? Yeah, a lot of people don't know that about me. I listen to like a lot of dubstep and, Fuck yeah. and like a lot of like weird bass music. <laughs> I really fuck with it. Um, I also listen to like rock music and like different you know genres. I kind of really I listen to a lot of shit. The thing is like being an A and R for a label and also being a tech house producer. I listen to so much tech house every day, like hours and hours and hours. <laughs> so and I love tech house. Of, of course, that's my favorite genre. A lot of but when I'm like in the car and like kind of living my life, I like to not listen to Tech House a lot. So like I listen to a lot of bass music and like other, you know, I listen to a lot of hip hop too. Rock music, even like weird, I like weird stuff too. And I also like like kind of like more like low key, like four, so the Fortet stuff. Mm -hmm. Just like that kind of like, you know, like more that kind of stuff is cool. Yeah. What about you? Um, so I listen to a lot of different shit. I actually don't really listen to Tech House in my free time. Ooh. Um, I, I do, but he doesn't love it. I used to like, I used fire him, dude. I, I, like I said, just so many fucking hi hats. It's just insane sometimes. We love the hi hats. Yeah, I, it's just I'm just like, oh god, stop using the cashmere sample pack. <laughs> it's good hi hats, but I've, I've heard it too much. Um, I absolutely love Motown. Love Motown. Motown. Stevie Wonder, Luther Vandross. Uh, just. I could see the that old about school you. blues stuff. I love cooking. I love cooking, and I, I just cook, and I put on uh, oldies playlists. It's great. Nice. Really enjoy that. Okay. It's the glory days. Um, I also have a deep, profound affinity for Travis Scott. I was at Astro World actually. Ooh, uh oh. Yeah. So I was there. He lived to tell the tale. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> I'm all right. But I. I you good? I, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> We didn't even know what happened. We were like, oh, Kanye canceled and ended early. That's literally what we thought. <laughs> literally. Well. Yeah. Good question, though. We'll go Max. We'll come around. Uh, so a lot of people in the music industry want to die by, oh, you sampled this, but it's part of this, like, a popular song. Yeah. So there's no way we can sign it. Repopular does a great job working with that. Uh, basically, like, how does that work in terms of, like, Reusing like samples, man, yeah, or something? Like for example, yeah. I'll send a song to a certain label, like, oh, you're using Mariah Carey samples, so we can't sign it. Because, yeah, right. Um, yeah, but I, I know the popular, a lot of your bigger songs are songs that have popular right. samples. So. Yeah, I mean. Good question. Obviously, at Repopulate Mars, we re-sing or clear, you know, we go through the proper routes for all of it. So we either do a re-sing and clear the publishing, or we clear, you know, all of it and get the sample cleared. Um, I will say it's easier for bigger labels to do that than smaller labels. It's kind of a, you know, clout or position thing for sure. Like, so like when we try to clear a sample, it's a lot easier because we've had a lot of hit records. So like, yeah. they're more likely to clear the sample. So that's why some smaller labels, like whether they have the capital for it or not, sometimes they don't have the position to do it. That doesn't really make it fair, but that's just kind of how it is. So we're able to kind of clear things a little bit more easily because like we've had a lot of hit records and stuff. So. Yeah, we'll usually work with the artist or the artist team to like, you know, clear and we'll figure out like, do we want to clear all of it? Do we want to get a resing? We have a few good, really, really good resing teams that do like a great job. Like the Lee Foss, Joshua, My Humps, that's a resing. A lot of people don't know that. It's, they crushed that resing. They, that was probably the best resing I've ever heard. Ever. Yeah. I actually thought when they sent it back, I was like, this is the original. Yeah. They it did, is, a, they did a great on. job. Yeah, they did a great job. We cleared the publishing on that and release that but yeah so it just kind of depends and then obviously you can also go the cover route a lot of labels do the cover route so like if you 
resing the vocal in the exact order that it's resing, and you do all the lyrics, you can release it as a cover. Technically, you still need permission to do that, but in that case, you don't really have to pay a fee. So a lot of labels have been doing that. So it kind of depends, but yeah, bigger labels are more easily able to do that, kind of because of their standing and like their connections with major labels who are the ones who often own the samples. I yeah. couldn't answer it better myself. When it comes to samples that I've maybe heard on Splice before, I remember when I first got into producing, I swear, I thought every single song was an original vocal. I was like, this is incredible. <laughs> Did she sing this herself? Damn. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, no, everybody needs this. So if I've heard the same sample before, I, I, I just know it right away, and it, it'll be difficult for me to sign if I've heard it already put out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when it comes to like Splice vocals and such, like yeah. that, generally speaking, if it's like a Splice vocal that I know has been like used a bunch of times, like, we won't consider it. Yeah. But with that being said, we have signed many records with Splice yeah. vocals and stuff. Like, if it's a good record, it's a good record, period. Yeah. And if you're using a Splice vocal, like, I, there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? You use what you have available to you, but like, if you're gonna use a Splice vocal, I always say, like, don't sort by popular. Try to find the ones that are a little bit more obscure. And if you're gonna use ones that are more popular, switch it up. You know, switch the pitch, switch the format, yeah. make it weird. You know what I mean? Switch the order of the words. Chop it up, splice it, it up. up. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Can't miss, like, the record we were talking about earlier. That's a splice vocal. Yep. We pitched it down, like, four semitones, mess with the format, mess with, like, you know, everything. So, yeah. I mean, like, make it your own, for sure. There's nothing wrong with using those kind of vocals. Use what, you know, use what you have available to you. And it's not always that you have all these, like, sick acapellas that you can clear unless you're, like, a super star DJ. So use what you have available to you. But, like, if it's, like, a splice vocal or loop pop, switch it up. Change it up. Get creative with it. Love that. Yeah. Okay. We had a question here, Blake. Uh, yeah, so as much as I love techno, I feel like everyone's trying to make techno now. Everyone is trying to make techno. Especially like tech house guys and house producers. Yeah. And I was kind of thinking like, what do you think the direction is right now for like house in general, tech house house? But ooh, also, where do you want to see it going? Like I still like disco-y house stuff, but everyone's yeah. doing techno. Where, where do we want to see house and techno go? Yeah, like, because everyone's got the techno sting right now. And it's, again, we'll That's such it. a Canadian way to say it. <laughs> Is he, are you from Canada? Yeah. We're at Toronto. Toronto, play okay. hockey four to 14 times a week. <laughs> <laughs> I love Canada. That's what I think. I know, I fucking love Canadians. So great. Yeah, uh, I'll take that first. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I think, yeah, you know, you look at a festival like Movement. Yeah. Um, which a lot of people don't like the fact that people like Diplo and Skrillex play that festival. I've been to Movement twice. Um, everybody should go to that because it's fucking experimental. Sure, yeah. I think that a lot of people don't know what techno is actually out there. I think everyone assumes that Charlotte DeWitt is the only big techno artist. They know there's Carl Cox and shit like that. Right. But there is there's a guy like named DJ Nobu that is like fucking insane. And you go to a lot of these festivals where you may not know some of those people. And I would encourage listeners to go out there because those guys are not the ones getting streams. So they're not the ones that are big on Instagram or big on Spotify right. and stuff. I just think there's a lot of unknown out there. And Nick made a great parallel earlier about how, like, you don't, you, there's no rules to it. So something might be defined as techno on Beatport, but it's not actually techno. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I think also Repopulate was like number eight in Bass House, and I was like, sick. Yeah. <laughs> That's because the we released this Don't Blink EP, and it did really well in Bass House. We tried to get it switched to Tech House, but yeah. they're like, no. We're like, yeah. Okay. So I think it's <laughs> yes, just a sir. lot of unknown. Where, where do I think it's going? I think that people are going to continue to get more and more creative. People that really get into it get inspired, and I think that they draw from inspiration. So where it's going, I don't know, but it's exciting. 
Absolutely, yeah, I think that's a, that's a good answer, for yeah. sure. I mean, yeah, as far as the whole techno thing, I mean, obviously techno's been around for so long, and like it is gaining more mainstream popularity right now, but a lot of the techno elitists think that that's a bad thing, but I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Like, I'm a huge techno fan, I listen to a lot of techno. We're actually releasing our first techno record on Repopulate Mars next month. That's awesome! Can't say anything more than that, but it's a banger. Go to a set tomorrow, you might hear. <laughs> yeah, you might, uh, might play it. We'll see. We'll see how dark we get. But yeah, no, I think it's cool. I mean, I like when I like when artists like you know you have like uh, John Summit releasing Revolution last year, like yeah. a techno record. I like I like when artists like kind of take risks and do stuff like that because I think it brings people to these new genres. And I don't think all these things should be so gatekept and like elitist. I think it's silly. It's music. We should all love it, you know what I mean, no matter what, so. Hey man, the sting is good, that, yeah. B, that B is dead. The boys are buzzing. The boys are buzzing. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Did you have a question? Uh, I do. Yeah. Um, so when you guys are listening to demos, are there specific things you look for? I mean, good music is good music. Yep. Yeah. But are there things you look for specifically to stand out more than others? Uh, yeah, so I kind of talked about this when I did this workshop in Brooklyn last month, but yeah, so like we, I look for a few things for sure, like um, memorability, I look for like what makes the track memorable. We get so many demos that are just good tech house tracks, fundamentally good, they're bangers, you know, they, they have a great build up, they drop good, you know what I mean? We don't sign them and people are like, why don't you sign this record? It's like because you don't have that thing, you don't have that thing that makes you stand out, memorable, that thing that makes you different, you know, you have these tracks that Think about tracks that you really like that like you just keep coming back to over and over again. It's because they have that thing, that earworm that I always say that gets stuck in your head. Like, you know, like you just keep coming back to it. So we look for that kind of a thing that kind of makes it really original, stand out. That's like probably the main thing. And you know, just something that's unique and does something different. I mean, especially at Repopulate Mars, we get so many demos and so many demos are so similar. So many people are trying to do the same thing. Like the Latin House thing is huge right now. Like love the Latin House sound, you know, it's great, they're bangers, but like if you're making that kind of music right now, just know it's, that's like the most competitive yeah, part of the tech house right now, yeah. literally, it's, yeah. that's the main thing that we're getting right now, so, you know, do something different, don't be afraid to stand out, do something, and just like, I always tell people, like, when you make a track, even if it's a great track, and it's mixed well, has a great bass line, great break, take a look, you know, take a week off the track, come back, think about what's that memorable thing, what's that element? And it doesn't always have to be a vocal. It doesn't always have to be some huge drop. It can be even just a little drum. Like, what is that element? And if you can't name that element, you need to go back and the track and work on it, period. So I always say, like, what's that element? And like, we're not gonna sign a track that doesn't have that element, that earworm, that memorable element. It's huge. Yeah, earworm. Yeah. Is that melody stuck in my head, even if it's just a, a typical yep. tech house track? Um, the interesting thing for me is, we use tracks back and we have different comments that we can give people back, right? So people will send fucking pre-mastered, bad mix, you know. The worst. Just not, not, a, not a track. Don't send pre-masters. Don't. You don't, but also at the same time, I listen to it because what if this is that track? Right. So I really listen. That would be my answer is I really do listen. We really do listen. Um, but I think I couldn't explain it better myself. I mean, it's not a one size fits all. You know, a good track is a good track, but it may not be the right fit. Don't be making what everybody else makes because then you're gonna end up losing your own identity. Yeah, and then like if you're if you're trying to do what's hot at the moment in tech house or any genre, like, you know, 
last year when the 90s hip-hop vocals were like super hot for a while. They still are, but they were really hot last year. You gotta understand, if you're doing that, you're competing with everybody who's doing it. So you're competing with the Sids, the West Ends, like these yeah. guys who are like, you know, crushing it. There's nothing wrong with competing with those guys, you know, always compete, but like, I always say, like, when everybody goes right, go left. You know, switch it up. Don't be afraid to do something different. Like, a lot of the best records we've signed is because we got sent something that really kind of took us by surprise. And it wasn't like everything else that stuck out in the demo box, especially somebody like me who listens to so many demos for Repopulate Mars. I hear so many yeah. demos, so many 90s hip-hop demos. So when somebody does something different and they says there's something that kind of sticks out, I remember that. And even after the demo listening session, I'm like, I'm still thinking about that track, and then yeah. I'll like I'll listen to it again, and then I'm like, okay, we gotta sign this record. Fuck yeah, yeah, perfect, absolutely. Okay, we got time for like two more. Go ahead. Um, yeah. Oh, when uh, when you're producing, um, what are like some ways that you find to increase your like efficiency when producing? Yeah. Um, whether it's when you open a blank canvas or if you use like a reference track. Like, what are some things that you find? Efficiency when producing. Great question. Go ahead. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. Um, I would say lean into your strong points. You know, lean into the stuff that you think that your strongest points are, for sure. Like, if you think that you're really good at making drums or bass lines or whatever it is, lean into that to kind of get the structure for the track first. I would say you kind of tackle the things that are most difficult first. Sometimes it can get you a little discouraged. I know personally, me as a music producer, I'm really good at bass lines and drums. Leads and vocals. Leads are my part that I think is my weak point. Personally, as a music producer, I'm trying to get better at it. But that, for me, I usually lead to the end because I feel a little better knowing that I have such a good structure of a track already, and then I can kind of tackle the leads at the end. So that's me personally. Lean into the stuff you know that you can do and you can do well first, because that's gonna kind of get your confidence up for the rest of the track and then kind of focus on the stuff maybe you can't do as well at the end because it's going to fall better into place at the end. That's my opinion on it. Yeah, for sure. I always like to just throw any old loop groove on there just to feel it right away. And you, know, you mentioned making a track and then the vocal. Right. Sometimes I will literally just like start with a vocal and then remove that vocal, right? And then I just have this really unique composition that in my head started as a remix because like I love remixes just as a fan of the music. Right. So like Nick said, I'm always trying to like hone in on what I love most about it. So you can just build up and then take away. And I try and not do too much at once. Some guys produce for fucking eight hours straight. I can't do that. I can't do that. I just, I can't. My ears yeah. hurt. I, I can't. I'm not hearing it right anymore. I always like walking away from your track and coming back to it is yep. is like the number one thing that I recommend to music producers. Yeah. It's like a fucking game changer when making music. Like when I finish a track, I will, if I'm like, oh, this track is done, I will not listen to the track for a week or sometimes even two weeks. And I'll come back on fresh ears. Yeah. You will be surprised about the stuff that you're like, oh, I can change this. Oh, this is not right. Like whatever. I finished up a track before EDC, didn't play it at EDC didn't even think about it at EDC, came back after hearing all this music, yeah. made so many changes, and I'm so glad I did. Like, you know what I mean? So like, walking away from your track and coming back with fresh ears is huge. Like, it, it's a game changer. Yeah. For sure. Completely agree. Yeah. Vila, you have one? Well, we'll go right here, Dakota. I just wanted to ask both of you guys, like, how do you guys want to find and also work towards becoming the situation you guys are now? Like, especially like A&R and Repopulate, right? You're yeah. at that with all eight. So it's like, how, what steps do you guys take that you would recommend Yeah, I mean, for the politics, um, I had DJ Susan on Show in the Booth. 
and we just had a connection. Yeah. And we both became friends, and I think, I'm sure what he's gonna say is just like, finding that circle of people that you trust. Yeah. And you have to put yourself out there, which can be tough to do as a producer, as a create, creative. Sometimes most people, our, our relationship with music is how we get to know people, right? right? So when it came to Hood Poly, uh, it didn't originally start as me being an a and I didn't even know that I was actually gonna be good at it or like it. But I realized that A&R is a lot more than just signing demos. Yes. It's, it's seeing the possibility where a track and an artist could go. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge passion for me, is like believing in someone and knowing what they're capable of, and that could be substituted with a track. So I think it made sense for Hood Poly because we take a lot of fucking chances on music, um, and that's exciting for me. So I'm able to like push myself and others around me at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, mine was kind of unique as well, I would say. Like, I went on group cruise, I want to say, when I was like 20 or 21. And Jesus. Yeah, and I like met Lee, Lee Foss with one of the headliners, and like he was just playing, and I had like a pass where I could go back behind the booth, so I went back behind the booth, and then he finished his set, and I was like, oh, that was a great set. We vibed out, just became friends, we were just partying together. Then the next group cruise, I actually got booked on group cruise. I was like the smallest support act of 21. This was <laughs> seven years ago. And we just vibed out again. I convinced him to come to my set, which was really cool. It was actually kind of funny because he was getting a lot more attention than I was at my own set. We're like, oh my God, Lee Foss is here. I'm like, I'm DJing. By the way, guys, I'm DJing here. But no, we just vibed out and just, you know, we stayed up the whole time and just for just partying, just talking about life and music, spirituality, all that. And he was like, I just started a new label over Popular Mars. He had just started it. It was on the like, third release. And he's like, wow. I'm looking for somebody like you who's young and hungry who wants to help me run it and that's how it happens so okay. it's always like it's not like i don't know people always ask like how did you get that job like whatever it's not like i just applied for the job or like whatever i kind of got it in a weird way i would say but genuine putting, way putting yourself genuine i got it in a genuine way but like putting yourself out there is huge you know like if i never approached lee foss i was a huge fan if i never approached lee foss and went behind the decks and like talked to him this never would have happened but i saw i was like you know what fuck it what do i have to lose worst case scenario it's weird and like i seem like a fan and then i walk away and then it's fine you know what i mean so i was like i put myself out there and now this has like been my job and like it's Repopulate Mars, obviously, I love the label and it's given me so many opportunities. So, yeah, yeah, just put yourself out there. You know what I mean? Do the things that you think are weird or uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. Growth starts where your comfort zone ends, I would say. So just do go. it. Do it. Do it, do it. Fucking do it. Put yourself out there. All right. That's all we got time for. It's 9-10. Make some noise for fucking ladies and gentlemen. Thank you guys so much. That was awesome. Thank, Thank you, you guys so much for coming. Of course, I want to take a picture with everybody. Cole, what's the best way for it to look?